Hi, it's Hal Anderson. Thanks for checking out the daily podcast for my show, Connecting Winnipeg. And if you can, please listen live weekdays from 10 to noon on 680 CJOB. Good morning. We begin with Manitoba's flood fights and uh, Premier Heather Stephenson. Madam Premier, good morning. Good morning, Hal. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. Your initial reaction to the flood fight that we are in in many parts of this province. Well, I've uh, had the opportunity to get out with our Minister of um, Transportation Infrastructure. Uh, we were down the last Friday in St. Adolph and Morris area. Yesterday we were in Carmen and Morton Winkler area. And uh, Tuesday in, um, in in the Interlake and the Narrows and, and Arbor. Tried to get into Pegwis First Nation, but the, the roads were washed out at that time. So obviously there's, there's significant uh, challenges in some of these communities. But I just want to thank the Emergency Measures team for everything that they're doing. Working very closely with municipalities through these, these tough times. We're going to bring, uh, bring on the mayor of the RM of Rashat in a bit. He was on the start this morning already here on CGOB, but I want to bring him on again because he re- he says it really is changing there hour by hour. Uh, uh, Chris Ewan's going to join us. We're also going to check in with Montcalm where, uh, like Rashat, more evacuations uh, have occurred. It's a different kind of flood this year. Everybody is saying it, including the experts. It's uh, It almost feels like it's something we couldn't have prepared for, but we need to be prepared for it in the future, don't we? Absolutely. I mean, it's really tough. These Colorado lows have come in fairly quickly, even though they give us a little bit of time to prepare. We just never know how bad it's going to hit in, in various communities. And um, I know Chris in the arm of, of Rishot has, has done a great job. We were down there saying hi to, like, uh, meeting with them as well. And, and uh, you know, these municipalities are working really hard. So um, we thank them for everything that they're doing. You know, um, I'm hearing some grumbling. I realize, and we're going to get another flood forecast or flood outlook today, I believe. But I'm hearing some grumbling. What's your level of confidence in the flood forecast or the, the flood outlook? Yeah, well, I think uh, certainly, you know, I, we, I get daily updates on uh, what is going on. And so the emergency measures team is, is on this. The Department of, of uh, Transportation Infrastructure is, is doing uh, their due diligence, doing uh, very good work when it comes to this. So I'm very confident in our staff and the work that they're doing, and, and I thank them. Um, obviously, there's still, you know, evacuations that have taken place, a little under 200 uh, people have been evacuated other than uh, Pegwith First Nation is about 1,300 people evacuated. And uh, the Red Cross and federal governments are obviously helping with that, but our emergency team is also helping. So, um, you know, people are working really hard on this and doing doing great work. If we have to add to the infrastructure on a more local level, right, we've got Duff's Ditch, we've got the floodway, and, we, you know, I think some infrastructure improvements need to happen on the Assiniboine River. But if we have to start making more improvements to infrastructure at the local level, where does that money come from? So there is disaster financial assistance. Uh, we're looking at that. Uh, there's a minimum of sort of $4.6 million in any given, um, uh, you know, uh, emergency situation and certainly we've exceeded <clears throat> we've exceeded that and so we're still doing the the assessments of the damage but obviously I think what we need to do and what we have moved toward is not just bringing it back to um, the structures who, that have been damaged bringing them back to where they were in terms of 
um, you know, uh, the, you know, the, the, you know, the level that they were at, but looking at longer term and what is the kind of structures that we need to really have in place for the long term. So we're, we're working with uh, municipalities on those assessments and we'll continue to do that work over the course of the next little while. Yeah. Beyond the emergency money from Ottawa, you know, if the culverts all have to be made bigger, for example, and this is all going to cost money and, and listen, Times are tough, right, uh, for all of us and and for the province and, and every level of government. And finding that money, especially after two years of a pandemic, which continues, by the way, uh, that is going to be a huge challenge for us here in some parts of Manitoba. Yeah, I think certainly the extreme weather conditions have had a significant impact on our roadways. I mean, it's certainly in, in the city of Winnipeg as well, particularly potholes are seem to be worse this year than other other years and I think we do have some some good news coming on that front please stay tuned on that on that I can't announce that today but um, but we will have uh, you know we will be working with municipalities on that front I'm happy to hear there's news coming on the potholes I will ask you about another big money project the North End Sewage Treatment Plant it seems like a lot of letters are going back and forth between the province and city and not enough money to get the job done yeah, we're absolutely committed to that. I have spoken to the mayor. I think that's old news, frankly. That was from a while ago, those letters, and I we put a stop to that. We are moving forward with that. It's absolutely, you know, and I, I've spoken to the mayor and I spoke to the prime minister about it when he was here and indicated to, to both of them that um, I am not going to be the one that holds these projects up. We want to move forward. I made that very, very clear. You know, I was checking the calendar yesterday when I uh, had you confirm for the show you just passed your six-month anniversary. How has it been as Premier? You know what? There, We have covered off so many things from the pandemic. Uh, you know, obviously the war in Ukraine is just a horrific situation and now getting into some flooding. Uh, there's been some challenges, but I think there's great hope on the horizon uh, just getting out to some of these communities where uh, people are, are optimistic about the future. And, and I really look forward to working with everyone um, towards that end i think there's there's great things on the horizon for manitoba final question madam premier has the media me included been too tough on you oh no bring it on it's all good (laughs) uh it's uh no i'm fine you know what i i focus not so much on what's in the media but i focus on you know getting out to uh to meet people uh all across this great province of ours and um, you know, it's, people have gone through a tough time through the pandemic, and, and I think people are starting to see the positivity coming out of this, and, and there's, you know, great hope for the future. So that, that really, you know, um, brings, you know, joy to me, and, and I, I look forward to just working with Manitobans for that better, brighter future that's ahead of us. And uh, that's what I keep focused on and will continue to keep focused on. I, and I think I speak for most Manitobans when I say this, I want you to succeed. Um, it's been a challenging first six months for you as as premier. Um, and listen, I probably in the media, I probably have a lower approval rating than you. <laughs> right? Oh, I, I'm not looking at it. <laughs> we we got to just keep going forward, pal. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, we do. Hey, listen, appreciate the uh, the sense of humor. Thank you, Madam Premier. Thanks, pal. Have a great day. Heather Stephenson, the Premier of Manitoba, on the flood fight and a couple of other issues here in the province. 
Let's bring in Carolyn Klassen from Connexus Counseling. Carolyn, good morning. Good morning, Hal. How are you? I'm good. We missed you last week. I hope you enjoyed your week off from me. Well, actually, yes, I was a week <laughs> off from you, but I was at HECLA working with a team um, that was looking to process where they were at as a team, especially in light of the pandemic. So it was a fantastic day, and HECLA, of course, is a beautiful place to be. Good. Excellent. And I want at the end of the segment, I want to give you a chance to talk about Rising Strong. But let's start. I heard you uh, yesterday with Global News reporter Brittany Greenslade talking about uh, kids, children, when they're evacuated and uh, the stress and pressure on them when this happens. Just touch on that again while we're, we're chatting here. Well, certainly you can imagine that um, when there's floodwaters are rising and you have to leave the your your community and you know that it's because your home is or will be flooded, that's uncertain for both kids and parents. And then as they relocate to a safer place, um, you have kids that are unsettled and what we call a therapist called dysregulated, right? Like it's 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 a fearful time. It's uncertain. There's a lot of unfamiliar, and they're looking to parents to say, "Am I safe? How can you keep me safe?" And the parents have every intention of wanting to do that. That's why they left the community in the first place. But you have parents that have equally big questions: How bad is our home being flooded? How much damage will there be? When will we be allowed back? How long will it take? What will happen? How will we manage? How are we going to manage down here? Who do we have to talk to? And so it's complicated for both parents and children. And so. The challenge is how do parents parent their children well when they're also needing support and care? And so I think that's where I love to hear that there's agencies that are supporting the parents so that the parents can take really good care of the kids. And, and talk a little bit about the, the slight guilt that I'm feeling. I am celebrating Sunny and 20. And don't get me wrong. Sunny and 20 is is good for all the water in, in flood areas. A bit of a breeze today is, is good news for them, too. But I'm going to be on my – I'm going to have lunch, uh, and then I'm going to sit on the deck and enjoy the weather for a little bit. And I, I'm feeling kind of guilty about it because I know the struggles that many Manitobans have right now in, in fighting the floodwaters. I think you named something really important that um, many people struggle not only with regards to the flood, but with regards to the peace we have here compared to what's happening in Ukraine. There's often a time where people say, how can I enjoy this when I know people are experiencing that? And I think we have to recognize that joy is a really tricky feeling to feel um, because it's hard to enjoy our joy when you know that people are struggling But I think what we are aware of is that really what you are feeling is compassion and understanding of this is so, I would call it delicious, to sit on a back deck and to enjoy the warm sun, knowing that many people are really struggling. And what we know, though, is when we talk to people that are struggling, one of the ways that they can, that they, what they say is, if you are in a place where you're not having this particular struggle, can you enjoy this time? Because when you enjoy it, you are recognizing and appreciating and being grateful for something that, and that gratitude shows me that you realize that my suffering is real. And so I think we have to figure out how to recognize that what we're feeling is compassion for people who don't have what we have. How can we not squander the joy that we feel? Because we know I can guarantee you, how there are tough days for you ahead at some point, in some way, at some point in life. And as you fill your tank with joy, that gives you what you need for the days ahead when there will be a day when there is the equivalent of floodwaters in your life. 
Well, speaking of compassion, man, do I have compassion for the Bellaquit family. They got the uh, the guilty verdict in the manslaughter trial yesterday. Uh, Eduardo Bellaquit's son was on our air this morning talking about, okay, yes, uh, we got the verdict we wanted, but we still don't know uh, where our dad is. And, and can you even have closure? Can that family even have closure not being able to lay their, their husband and their father to rest properly? Well, we know that when there is a death in the family, that there are different chapters to that death and that the Bellacourt family does not get the chapter of being able to collectively say, here are the remains and we are going to gather together with our loved ones and we're going to honour, we're going to have a service and we're going to lay this body to rest in a way that gives dignity to the death and gives support to the family during that ceremony. Um, that we, we rely on that ritual of a funeral memorial service as a way of being able to process some of that grief. And the Bellaquit family has not gotten that opportunity. I think sometimes we use closure, like maybe they can get over it or pass it. Um, and I, I think the Bellaquit family will be grieving because the family, the hole in their family exists because of the tragedy that has happened. And uh, I, I remember talking to a friend of mine whose um, son was uh, asking um, her during a time of grief. She said, he said, do you miss him like a circle or like a square? And she's like, I don't know what you mean. Like, do you miss him like a circle or like a square? And he made this gesture with his finger and he says, well, like a circle is one, two, three, four, and then it's done. But a circle just goes around and around and around and it never ends. Mm. And I think the Bellaquit family will be missing him like a circle. Um, and we'd like to think that funerals make grief like a square, but it, it isn't like that. Mm-hmm. And I think Mother's Day has sort of snuck up on a lot of people. I like what you, you don't call it, I mean, maybe you do call it Mother's Day, but you would rather refer to it as Mothering Day. Explain. Well, I think it's really limiting to give thanks to our mothers during Mother's Day uh, because often there's so many people, women in our lives, that have done a terrific job of nurturing us or the ones that we love. And so when I was buying Mother's Day cards yesterday for um, my mother, I also bought one for somebody who has mothered me, and I will text people who, when I was a single mom and there wasn't enough of me to go around, participated in mothering my children, where they, um, you know, would pick up my kids or feed my kids when I just couldn't be in two places at once. And I'm just really grateful for the way that so often in our world, uh, other women surround us and the people we love to pitch in because no mother can do it alone. And to just single mothers out for the nurture they give, I think is unfair to and if this is an opportunity for us to celebrate all the nurturers in our lives it's a good point uh and rising strong remind us about this it's just over a month away now yes june 10th to 12th i am leading a rising strong weekend um brene brown says if you are brave enough often enough you will have opportunities inevitably where you will fall flat on your face and it will hurt And how do we recover from those experiences? And um, certainly people have had losses and difficulties um, that they might come to process, but we all have the struggle of the pandemic that we are looking to make sense of. And so if you go to Wired for Connection, uh, sorry, carolynclawson.com, which is my Wired for Connection website, and can, or Connexus Counseling, um, both of those have information on that Rising Strong weekend, and I would encourage you to contact us to get all the information you need to register for that. Um, the group experience where we have a chance to together process sounds kind of intimidating up front, but I promise you every time we do it, it's just an incredible, such a worthwhile 
good experience of being able to collectively make sense of the difficulties in our lives. Thanks, Carolyn. Don't be so popular. We miss you when you're not here. Oh, it's so good to be back. <laughs> Thanks. Carolyn Klassen from Conexus Counseling.